Okay, Cameron. I mean, what's in everything comes from something show without asking you a question. I'm not, wait, before I ask you the question, actually, let me just say this question, there's a reason we asked the question because there's, there's no other way to sync the episode uh, if, if, we, if we don't start with a question and Cameron responds because we're recording mobily. So, you know, forgive, forgive me if you hear some background noise and forgive us for really beating this trend to death. Um, but Cameron, here's your question. What is the best food to order from DoorDash, like food type? food type well i mean that's i think that's kind of a hard one actually because you you kind of want it to be something that you can't make at home or you you know can't make easily at home and you kind of want it to be like not a full like i'm you don't want it to be like soup or like something like that you know what i mean so I think I think burgers probably really is the best delivery food. Not saying that I I mean I make burgers at home c- kind of frequently actually. So I I never get I basically never get DoorDash. But like you you kind of want something that's like in between um in between complicated and like comfort food. You know it, what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting that you jump to complexity of how to like prepare a food in itself. Because the first thing I think of when I think of like DoorDash and delivery is how cold is my food going to be by the time mm. it gets here? Mm, and so, yeah. like, wh- the more I thought about this question, because we did do a DoorDash uh, earlier this week, the more I was conflicted on what I was supposed to order. Because. Mm. How do I know if the restaurant's going to supply the food at the correct temperature by the time it gets here? Like, no restaurant's overheating their food for delivery. <laughs> and maybe that's something that I need to invent or, you know, who knows. I'm just giving out ideas at this point, right? Um, but this is my thought, right? Sushi would probably be the best food for delivery because it's already cold, right? Sure, okay. And so since it's already cold and it's hard to make... Because it yeah. fits your thing too, right? Yeah. No, that's true. Like, I'm pretty sure that's probably the best bet. Now, I didn't order sushi uh, from DoorDash because <laughs> something about fish delivery, even it, like like if it's raw, I'm like, <laughs> okay, wait. Now would it be like lukewarm and the fish, I don't know, like would it go bad or something like that? Like mm-hmm. I was kind of split on it. So we landed on pizza. We got Pachi's, Cameron. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, Pachi's, I get, usually when I order Pachi's, I... I get it for takeout because it's like down the street from my house. So yeah, um, I I mean I I'm I think probably you could do like burritos as delivery. That'd be pretty good. Oh yeah, because um, it you know it, like it stays pretty warm for for quite a while. Now, um, what if you factor in a toaster oven, right? Because I, I don't believe microwaves are irritating to me. They make everything taste weird. Yeah, um, I don't like microwaves. So, but like a toaster oven, right? When we ordered pizza, it was like perfect. We could mm. get the pizza exactly how I wanted it. Right, right, right. Sure. Granted, like the deep dish was still hot by the time it got here, which was like yeah, really cool. The of thin course. crust, that stuff was like ice. That was cold. At the point, yeah, yeah, at the point it got here. So, mm. um, I think like thickness and and you know, Cameron, I also think that some restaurants might have the delivery thing locked down a little better. You know, pizza makes sense because pizza's always been delivered, right? Um, Maybe even, like, Chinese, I don't know, Chinese delivery is normalized. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you order from a burger place, like, burger delivery is a new thing, you know? Like, they have not figured out how to keep it warm. That's true. I think, you see, 
again, you gotta you gotta cross the balance of like, okay, this isn't too far from my house, but it's far away that I don't want to drive there, right? <laughs> oh yeah, distance is another factor. Yeah, and and um, so like if you if you and and then you have to be familiar with the fries. This is this is an issue, right? You have to be fam- familiar with the fries that these that these people serve, because I hate taking in and out to go. I I just won't do it. You know what I mean? Like I I will not take in and out to go. I'll always it's always a better experience if I sit there and I eat it. It's just it's just better. It's just better that way. I don't know. Mm, mm. There's something unless it's like like literally right around the corner. So like in SF, it takes about twenty minutes to get to the to the closest in and out yeah for me right that is too long in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> that's too long the fries go cold um you just can't do it in san jose however it takes about eight minutes to get yeah. to the in and yeah, out yeah. from my house maybe less that i think is that's like just on the cusp i say anything over 10 minutes you probably shouldn't shouldn't eat in and out well, I will say that I think Five Guys, as you know, deadly as that food is, um, <laughs> has it down with like the tinfoil wrapping. Mm. I think that's really smart for delivery. And um, yeah, they they overheat those fries too. Those things are like fire by the, when yeah. they hand them to you. Yeah, that's true. No, but I was thinking so. So I've got a place that um, I don't go to very often. But is just like I think it's in my opinion it's my favorite hamburger place. Like it's just it's it's in a different league. You know what I mean? Um, it's the best burger that I've ever had. Basically, is what I'm what I'm trying to say. Wait, um, wait where is it? Four five oh five. Oh yes, yes. Hey, even um, our even our uh, executive producer Darren has been there. So if yes. you haven't been there, like you gotta go. It's fantastic. Um, that place I think is is spectacular to get uh delivery from if you're getting burgers right i mean i I haven't gotten barbecue delivered that might be good too who knows um that might be easy to reheat as well um but burgers delivery right because here's the thing the fries are so crispy and so delicious that they just stay that way forever it doesn't even matter if they're cold (laughs) it's the weirdest experience i've never had fries like this Right, they're just they're just perfect all the time. Oh man! Well, I mean, obviously, you can tell we've been sitting inside thinking about delivery uh, for a little too long. Um, but we yeah. are going to be delivering this episode to you through the interwebs, ladies wow. and gentlemen. Welcome to Everything Comes from Something. My name is Isaac Ransom. I'm Cameron. What a what a transition that was. That was ex- probably the best transition we've had mobily. I'm not. You know, lie. I've been you know I've been making some like really complex dishes lately. Um, it's been kind of fun. I've enjoyed. You just become it. like mini Ramsey in your kitchen. Yeah, a little bit, and I do yell at people too, so that's that's fun. Oh, um, but no, I, I so yesterday I made um, gyros. Oh, so what kind of meat were, did you go for? I went with pork, and I we we have a rotisserie like stuffed somewhere in the garage, mm-hmm. so I brought that out. Um, I cooked that on the on the rotisserie, right? Um, and it was fantastic. The meat was like incredible. I couldn't even believe it. Actually, what does a rotisserie look like? Is it big? 
No, no. It looks like a toaster oven, um, but it's got like two prongs basically, and you stick the meat on there, I and then it know just you turns. Buy those, dude. And it's got a heat. It's got a heating element on one side, right? And it just turns and cooks the meat rotisserie style. Just felt like um, a, you know Costco had a patent on that or something. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, so and then the other thing that I did was I put the potatoes underneath the pork. Right? Oh, so the potatoes while they were cooking were getting all the all the drippings. Did you, you know get like I mean? uh, feta and you know diced tomatoes in there? I got I got uh, goat cheese. I did Ooh. some some half um, uh, cherry tomatoes and some cucumbers, some lettuce, um, and yeah, and then I made a, a homemade tzatziki sauce. So wow. that was pretty good. Man, you're um, making me hungry. I've like I'm I'm trying this thing today where I'm kind of like fasting all day. All I've had is water and coffee. Oh, I actually just did eat a uh, a protein bar because I was like, I'm gonna die on this podcast <laughs> if I have no food. Um, but it's been interesting, yeah. But now I'm starving, so thanks for that. But on Thursday, I've got I've got more. I could go all into this. This is the only thing I've been doing. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, sure, if it's relevant, uh, not really, but go for it. Um, on Thursday, I made fish and chips. Mm. That was that was great. Yeah, was that really sounds good. good. Um, then on. Wednesday we had r- low country boil. You know about this? No, but I I'm starting to sympathize with the audience that has to listen to this food listing because now I'm just becoming starving. And so. to, is the last Saturday and today, homemade pizza. Ah, so well, I'm definitely yeah, pretty good stuff. Well, you know, if I can't seem to s- correct my words uh, throughout this show, it's because my stomach is speaking for me. So your salad. Uh, that's my excuse, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode eighty-nine. Um, we're doing something called like a weird time throwback. I already forgot my title, Cameron. What was my title? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, strange, strange time flashback. Something or other. I don't know. I don't remember. Today's episode, we're basically talking about middle school. Oh, and uh, in light of current events, um, this topic kind of came to my mind because I was like, things are weird and very strange and everybody's in a weird place. And mm. and I was like, I, you know, Cameron and I lo- love history, but I was I was thinking personally, I was like, when was the last time that I could think of a time where everybody was so uncomfortable and, and confused <laughs> and uh, middle school came to mind? So obviously this is not a... Uh, direct historical comparison between coronavirus and middle school. No. Um, instead, Cameron and I thought we would kind of retrace our steps through middle school. Hopefully some of these things will relate to you. If they don't, uh, maybe you'll f- think of some other things that you went through during this time. And and maybe we could all learn something uh, from, from kind of taking a step back and thinking back through our middle school experience because uh, I, I'm sure there will be some parallels to what's going on uh, in the world today, at least emotionally for our, for ourselves. And, um, of course, during this time, we, we wanted to stay positive and, and be entertaining. And so um, I don't think Cameron and I are planning to do any vi- uh, coronavirus-specific episodes. Of course, we did one a while back talking about just where we were at, you know, trying to figure out how to do the show. Um, but hopefully we can entertain you and make this an enjoyable experience. And if you think it is, uh, you can check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. Throw a few dollars our way. Uh, support the show. We appreciate it. We know that times are tough for some of you, so don't feel any pressure. Uh, any support is helpful, especially a rating on iTunes or telling friends and family about the podcast. That is how this show 
grows. Cameron, if you were to give a out of 10 rating on your middle school experience, <laughs> um, what would you rate it? I think probably maybe a th- uh, it might be like a four. Wow! I can't give it neat. a I can't give it a flat zero. Right? This is this is the issue because see, I, middle school was terrible for the most part. It was really bad. But there were some there were some really good things that happened in middle school. One, I met a lot of g- very good friends that I am still friends with to this day. Right? I've met you in middle school. Uh. I met a bunch of my other friends, a couple of them who listen to this podcast. Shout yeah. out to Vicky. Um, so, so I've uh, you know like that was positive in middle school. That was the positive thing in middle school. But for the most part, it was just like terrible. It was a terrible time. <laughs> and oh, and also another thing that happened in middle school, um, which was a, a good thing, was I I my electives that I took that year were were like really good. Um, so I took like a film elective my first year. Um, it was, it was fine. It was whatever. Um, then I took like 3d animation and 3d game design the next two years. And that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, but that was basically the only, (laughs) the only good thing that happened in middle school. Um, it really wasn't until, uh, I don't know, junior or senior year. Maybe that I was like, that I felt, felt, I don't want to say like I'd recovered from middle school, but like that I felt like it was far enough away that it didn't, didn't really matter anymore. You know, um, I don't know. It it was, it was a, it was a a really awkward time. Just bad, just bad all around. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's interesting when I think back to middle school, there were a lot of positive elements for me. I actually never considered middle school to be a terrible time in my life, but instead, you know, for me personally, I felt that when I was going through middle school, there is almost like you're trying to control a tank, even though you are yourself, you know, you're like trying to figure out how to be yourself, you know, there's that coming of age side of middle school that I mean I think further plays out in high school but yeah but it seemed that it was like you didn't have full control of like who you were probably because you were going through a lot of biological changes but also a lot of changes in general I mean you think about the jump from elementary school to middle school you're suddenly in different class periods with different teachers suddenly separated from people that you had been with all the way through elementary school some of them remained some of them were missing and then there was a bunch of new people Um, for some reason, my middle school was like a mesh of fairly, uh, upper middle class kids, Mm. um, that were, I I would say probably like from more wealthier families. Right. Uh, that elementary school then merged into this middle school that's, that like brought in some more ratchet kids, uh, at the same time. And it was this super strange mix because like, first day on the block right first day at middle school there was just like a ton of weird characters that just seemed so threatening to (laughs) most of the new you know middle school kids that showed up Mm. um i would say that my experience like in band really kind of gave me a group of people that i could be friends with really fast and a majority of my friends 
uh, were in band at the same time who went to elementary school with me. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting time for sure. I, I remember making a lot of friends that I don't talk to too much anymore. Yeah. Uh, just because I think high school really split us up. Cameron, I know that your middle school and high school were the same campus, right? So yeah, they were. There's probably a little bit less of a separation there, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a couple friends, really good friends in middle school that like have kind of just dropped off the face of the the earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just, oh, yeah. I haven't heard the, from them since then, basically. And you're like, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is doing right now you know and you're like oh he's uh married and blah 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 you know what i mean like i i haven't been in this guy's life in in like you know many many years so 10 probably 10 plus um yeah i remember the the only thing the like silver lining i guess the other silver lining in middle school was that like once you get to eighth grade you know what i mean you're like you're like the top dog <laughs> and and that that was a that was an all right feel that was a better feeling than like sixth grade was terrible yeah seventh grade um i remember i didn't do very well in in some of my classes like my grades started slipping for some reason um and and then that was kind of when i started to to like get more into a routine and get more organized and whatnot um and like fix myself there um and then it, by eighth grade, I was like, I remember just being very carefree. Um, and then it kind of all, it, like all snapped back in, in freshman year. You know, you get that same experience. But but you're kind of more, um, since you're older and and a little bit more um, <laughs> weathered, I guess, you, you kind of can handle the, the, the heat a little bit more, you know? Yeah. I remember freshman year was was inter- was an interesting trans well actually I'll I'll go back to like transitioning from 5th grade to to 6th grade because I think I probably had a bigger transition than than you did um cuz I went from like a very very small um uh, elementary school program um into um you know basically a pretty a pretty big middle school campus yeah that was sharing a campus with with a high school and you know there's a lot of kids on that campus and so like i went from a class of like 15 18 people um and one teacher to you know a, a much a much larger experience and like like everybody everybody that i that i had known through elementary school um like they were we were all friendly you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there was no there was no like rivalry or there was no like you know there there wasn't everybody was kind of just like easy going and and easy to get along with yeah um and and then once you get to once you get to to middle school there's like clashing personalities and like because it's a bigger campus people are trying to prove themselves and because it's such a weird time and in you know in people's people's emotional history like i don't know there there's like there's like a um, a competition for like dominance you know that i hadn't really experienced before um, yeah there's like an odd tension and a breaking out of like clans almost right yeah yeah definitely 
yeah there's there's i don't know there i guess they yeah, there's like a certain tribalism and a certain mm. like um us versus them sense about things and like and and i don't know and you're also kind of individually within your own little group i mean did you you had like a, a little friend group right Probably. yeah yeah uh, basically just like a group of nerds is, is kind of what i ended up <laughs> hanging out with it was like i like what you're saying about like the scale because i remember the first day i went to band class in sixth grade everybody had an instrument and I'm in the largest classroom I'd ever been in. And there's a hundred kids in this class. I don't know. It probably was even over a hundred. It was a ridiculously large band mm. program. Yeah. Um, for a middle school? Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. We had like a really crazy big band program. Like everyone yeah. did it because a lot of people wanted to go to Disneyland at the end of their eighth grade year. <laughs> so <laughs> that was That's... like, that was basically the hype around doing band and you got to learn an instrument and it was just a very large band program mm. ran by this guy who is now in jail because he was a pedophile. So that's fun. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I know uh, Bob and I talked about our band teacher back in middle school before on an, on an episode um, here, but yeah, no, like that was probably one of the most overwhelming experiences just because there was so much energy in that class. You hand every annoying child an instrument. They're all honking on their trumpets and horns. And there's this guy who's yelling at everybody. Okay, quiet, quiet. You know, like we're trying to figure out this stuff. And, and um, yeah, it was just, it was totally chaotic. And that first experience in, in like the band room really summed up how I felt about running into like middle school. I remember my sixth grade year, um, there was like this exposure to like technology too. Like I remember, I think I got like a Facebook page in middle school. So I don't know if it was my sixth grade or seventh grade year. Mm. Um, really just being aware of like ownership of like my Nintendo DS, which is weird, but it was like, this is my DS. Like I made an account, like this is my account, you know, like I never had yeah, any yeah. sort of care for anything like that before. And, um, so so that was all integrated. I, I just remember I'd have friends and there was like this strange like reading room in sixth grade. I, this is, I don't know why this came to my memory, but there was like this room where like weird nerds would like hide out in. And there was like something strange about going there because there wasn't that many people there. Like everybody else spent their time in the quad. But me and a few friends would, like, go there and have, like, extremely competitive Mario Kart sessions, like, on DS. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, very bloodthirsty uh, yeah, amongst, yeah. like, these six or seven kids that would show up there. And we would hide from everything just, like, back there. And I just thought it was, like, a weird first year because there was, like, this tension where a lot of my friends were, like we want to go in there and hang out, but we also don't want to be called nerds and, and be like outcasts, but yeah. we don't know what to do. So we'll just do that, you know? And as the years went on, like seventh grade, we never went back there. Yeah. So it, it was, it was really weird, but that was like the hiding spot. Like that's where we'd hang out. And yeah, it was just, it was really interesting. You know, I <laughs> now thinking back is like, man, I was like a hermit hiding from the chaos because I think the scale is just overwhelming, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's funny because like you kind of at that age, you kind of have never experienced anything like that. And 
and because everybody's sort of like changing and transitioning and and trying to prove themselves and trying to find their personality like people were way meaner than i had ever experienced before you know what i mean like people were so much more uh uh cruel <laughs> than than i had ever seen and i was like what <laughs> what's going on like yeah like why isn't everybody like like hanging out and being cool and like you know be, just chilling you know why is everybody being so mean i mean it's kind of a joke amongst media but like your experience in the locker room for the first time Mm, for me it was just chaos dude like absolute (laughs) chaos people screaming punching the lockers and like yelling up and down like the hallways it was and and, like the reason i brought up like that difference of like kids who showed up to my campus right because there was like these rich kids and then there was like these ratchet kids that Mm. just amped up the amount of tension in the locker room because now you had these kids who had like saggy pants yelling and playing rap music super loud in the (laughs) locker room and like then you watch some of these rich kids to like fit in try to be that and it was really cringy Mm. and yeah i don't know like it was just this strange mix of people trying to figure out where they fit in yeah you know um, yeah, no, it it's so weird. I mean, it's so it's such a it's, it's such a confusing time too because you you like literally just don't know what's going on. You like don't know how to not only do you not know how to like be yourself and just be normal and and associate with the people you want to associate, but you're like confused the entire time and like you you people are just incredibly unpredictable. And because they're also trying to prove themselves and yeah, they don't yeah. know who they are. And you're like, I don't know. It's like, it's like you're like a ship out to sea with, with like a, a billion other ships and like there's fog right in front of you. You have no idea where you're going. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I remember the first time um, like one of my my quote unquote friends who I, who I was, you know, who I hung out with all the time and was really good friends with. Um, and he didn't invite me to his birthday party. And I was so, I was so offended by that. I was like, I was like, well, like what's going, like (laughs) why? (laughs) Like what, what's wrong with you? And it was, yeah. And I remember that feeling. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know. It was, it was, um, being like, you, I remember just like feeling like an outcast because like all of my other friends were went and it was paintball, you know. So, so you know that was missing out regardless of whether or not I wanted to hang out with people. Um, but like, I don't know. I just remember being like, ah, oh, this was like so disappointing to me. You know, like why would all my friends have an experience that I didn't? you know, that I wanted to be at and I, I didn't get to, you know, it was just weird. It, it was just never something that I had experienced before, you know? Yeah. No, I remember not getting invited to some birthday parties, especially when like friends that you knew that you also hung out with got to go. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like, really, man, like what happened there? You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's so like small and unimportant looking <laughs> back now. Right. That's what's you. That's what's even funnier. Yeah, it's like the dumbest thing. But, but, but I don't know. Given like the perspective that we have, um, obviously it feels small. But but when you're there, when you're in it, it's like 
it's like the biggest thing in the world. Like I remember, I, I remember in sixth grade being like, oh my goodness, like probably halfway through the, through the year being like, I have to do two more years of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I have to do, I have to do two more years. I literally don't know how that's possible. Two years. That's the biggest time. <laughs> and then I have to go to high school for four years. Like this is impossible. I just um, remember thinking like, yeah, it just seems so endless. Honestly, like seventh grade, I remember nothing from like, it was just, uh, it felt like the middle section of the book that just blurs out, you know, right, there's not right, really right, much yeah. that happened. I couldn't tell you a thing that I learned, yeah. um, from any of it. And, like honestly, like the the actual school material that you learn in middle school, like Cameron and I, we're not that old. I mean, I'm 23. Cameron, how old are you? 22. Yeah. So like we should remember it probably better than some people who are older than us, <laughs> and it's still like just completely gone. Like the only thing I remember, and Glenn said this the other day. Glenn's my brother. Um, he he said. I got all the Egypt I ever needed in middle school. He was like, I never need to learn about Egypt again. Like they never tell you anything else about Egypt in all of education, except for the first year of middle school. Like they just teach you about Egypt. And he was like, what was the obsession with Egypt? Like why was one year of education just wasted on ancient Egypt? I was like, I don't know. Like I really have no idea why we spend so much time studying that. Like, sure. I guess it's interesting, but do you remember like building like, like my school was weird about Egypt. Like they built pyramids and tombs like out of paper mache. It was the most awkward project. Like I remember I got to build this cool pyramid and then I also had to write a paper on it. Mm. And I was like, why did I build this? Like, I don't know why I built it. You know, like it was just like I, it was a weird, weird time. You know, I, I don't think we did that. I, I think I don't even, I remember like Egypt being like, not a very big portion. I remember the like ancient Mediterranean. That was like way, way more. Uh, I don't know in depth. I guess that was my seventh grade year. Yeah, my eighth grade year. I had this super weird teacher named Mr. Candeas. He came. It was his last. Like like it was his first year, but he had came from like a different middle school, mm. and he really inspired like my love for history because he he basically like pedal to the metal was a storyteller and went from like as early as he possibly could and then got all the way into like modern time which i never even to this day like i don't have a history teacher that's ever done that Mm. and i loved how he spent so much time during the 1900s he's the one that gave me any care at all for like the cold war era and like he would just tell stories and it was super like like in captivating, but he yeah. was literally one of the weirdest people I think I've ever met. Hmm. Um, very strange, large, bald head. Like his head was like, like a light bulb look. And he had like a, a baby pig in a jar. Uh, I, it was like a baby pig fetus in a jar or something like that <laughs> in his classroom. Very strange. I'm not even kidding. Like it was, it was the most awkward thing. He he named it. I don't remember its name, and he would tell everyone if you try to open this jar, it hasn't been opened in like 20 years. So if you open this, it's gonna be a hazmat zone. Like it is gonna reek so bad. It was in like like arm's reach. <laughs> he like kept it by his desk. I don't know how no kid has ever opened that, but it was just like 
It's very disturbing. I don't know why he had it. <laughs> I think it's it not some, even history. That's like that's like what you see in like science classes. You know, it's like some power play or something. I don't know. It's just freaking us. Did out. Did you ever? Um, this is totally a tangent, but did you ever um, see like the magazine that they use to buy all of those those weird like anatomy objects? No, no. Yeah, they because like <laughs> they'll be like you know a thirty pack of like. Of like frozen solid cats or something to yeah for, what on for, earth <laughs> to dissect. I dissected like, something in middle school. I can't remember what it was now. A snake. I think I snake? dissected a a worm. Sorry, hmm. I dissected a worm. Oh, that's not that cool. And I remember it's kind of cool because um, I think I found the poop in it. <laughs> but there was also something else um, that I dissected. I can't remember it now. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a chicken thigh. I think I did a chicken thigh. Or that, maybe that that's was high not school. Dissect- that's like <laughs> that's just cooking. Yeah, who knows? Um, um, I remember we dis- we dissected a, a pigeon in in high school. Oh. Well, I mean, um, I guess there's a plethora of those. And there was there was food in its in its gullet. Yeah. It was it was the it was the it was pretty nasty actually. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty disgusting. Um, and then I remember every there was like once a week or sorry not once a week, once a year maybe twice a year that um they would they would dissect cats I think in the anatomy Ooh. um program, but it was it was so bad because um for the entire week the entire second floor would smell like um formalde- formaldehyde yeah 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 and you're like how do you how are you able to do this like <laughs> twice a year you know what i mean like yeah. this is the nastiest thing i got to be honest the form- formaldehyde smell like never really bugged me too much really it smelled pretty horrible but i it's i never bad. was like oh this is like unbearable i i didn't think it was unbearable i i remember it giving me a headache at one point yeah like, because yeah. I was in a classroom, like, like right next to it, and it just, like, ugh, it's so overpowering. But, yeah, yeah, middle school, there's also this other transition that happened that was really strange, which was, like, the abandonment of, like, being a kid normally, I guess. Mm. And it's something that no one talks about at mm. all. Um, I think... You know, I like this show, like, The Wonder Years. I've watched that before, and I think that that kind of goes into, like, what it's like going into middle school, but it really focuses on, like, relationships and kids liking other kids, right, yeah. in middle school. The one thing that nobody ever talks about, and I'm sure we've talked about it on this show, is, like, the transition from, like, liking toys <laughs> or, like, being into toys and then, like, the instant switch where it's, like, you can't talk about toys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not allowed to, like... Legos anymore, you right? Know what I mean? You're not allowed you're not to al- like toys, or you're, or there's some things that are cool, yeah. But if you bring up the wrong ones, like six months later, you're not cool anymore. Not, you cool. know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's like a very, there's very much a, um, it, it kind of reminds me of like, um, like current times on the internet. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's like, oh, if you're, if you know about this, then you're, then you're cool. But if you're talking about this, oh, that's cringe. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. <laughs> it's like it's like the same exact um, litmus test. It's yep. just so it's, it, it, yeah. I remember like like you couldn't talk about if you had like Star Wars toys or like yeah. Star Wars figures. You know, you couldn't talk about that. 
Couldn't talk about like GI Joes. You couldn't talk about anything like that. Well, Star it, Wars it, well, was was over basically. Yeah, by the Star time Wars we got over. to middle school. Yeah, we you couldn't know. talk about Star Wars. Yeah, but if you like playing video games, that was cool. That was super cool. That's like you, all middle school kids did. And yeah, all yeah. they wanted to talk about was Call of Duty. That's where I got exposed to Call of Duty. I played so many hours of Halo 3 at my friend's house. Um, like, yeah, like first-person shooters, that was the hype. Xbox Live, yelling at people on the microphone, being super toxic. Like, I think that element of arcs, like, like of... Because you talked about how people were angry and almost like bloodthirsty, right? In middle <laughs> yeah. school. Suddenly people were mean for no reason. Like, that was only amplified probably by the online sphere. Yeah, 100%. Because now people can yell at each other on Xbox and, you know, yeah, it was just, it was a, a very odd time. And and another thing, um, social media, like yep. that was, you had to be, you had to be on Facebook, you know. I don't think I got a Facebook account till maybe high school. Mm. And I didn't even make mine. I didn't want one. I was like, this dumb like I don't (laughs) yeah yeah. I don't want to talk to you guys when I'm not here like I don't even want to talk to you when I'm here (laughs) you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and then like cell phones being introduced I think I got my cell phone eighth grade year I got a cell phone in sixth grade um I got like a slidey one maybe it was seventh grade I I think I had a very basic phone sixth and seventh grade it was like a flip phone they yeah. couldn't text, and it was just to get a hold of my mom and dad. Yeah. And then I got one that could slide, and that was really exciting for me. So I yeah, could actually I got, text. I got one that, that, like, slid up a little bit, uh-huh. but, like, it didn't have a full keyboard, which is, it was the weirdest. It was, like, you slid it up to unlock it, but it was still, a, it was still like, a touchscreen. Yeah, and, and that was suddenly becoming an issue for teachers too at the time because yeah. now they're like stop being on your phone get off your phone you know like it, it was like an uphill battle for them you know yelling at kids to stop texting under their desks and things like that like that wasn't around in elementary school right yeah so yeah and it was the weirdest like ramp up in um in technology you know what i mean because like i remember i had i had a flip phone in sixth grade or whatever. In eighth grade, I got that like slidey, slide up phone. Um, either, I think sophomore year, I got an iPhone. And junior year, I got an iPad because we had to for for school. It was either junior or senior year. Yeah. Um, and so like, so like by, in the span of only like five years or whatever, you know, I went from flip phone to, to, basically kind of what i have now at this point <laughs> you know what i mean like this is the weirdest i don't know i i we had probably the the broadest transition period of like i mean i i didn't i don't think i really used the internet uh that significantly before i had an iphone you know yeah what I mean? no i think most generations experience technological trends, but I think what you're saying, the idea of like flip phone to iPhone, right? To smartphone, like, and all the social media explosion at the same time. It was a weird, 
uh, moment to grow up in because everybody was already on the trend. Yeah. Right. And yeah, on and, like, top we were... of that, on top of like the social norm, like they're trying to fit in, you had to like push to be relevant at that time too. And I think that's probably why I gave up with most of my friends. Um, like I wanted to, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to fit in to a degree, but I kind of learned that the effort put in didn't pay off yeah. in middle school. Yeah. And I just learned to kind of appreciate people that were around me. Um, yeah. And people would flow in and out. Right. But I think that was like a really good launch pad for myself into high school where it was like, I really only care about like the people that want to care to hang out too, mm, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, and that didn't mean I wasn't like adamantly trying to hang out with other people, but I never would like push my way into a circle. Like I was right. not the guy that went from circle to circle to fit in or, or to make the rounds, you know, there were, there were, I guess you could say politicians, social uh, butterflies. Yeah. On campus that would to make it rounds good for them. Probably a management nightmare. Right. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, like either you're just completely calm and, and aware of yourself and comfortable with yourself at that at that point, or you're really insecure and you're trying to fit in everywhere, right? Mm. Which is where I'm assuming most of those kids were at. Yeah. Um, and I could be wrong, but yeah. So I think, yeah, like it, that, that sort of experience really forged like my perspective in high school where I was like, yeah, I want to fit in with a bunch of people, but I don't really care that much. Like I'll make the effort, but I don't care if, I get any reciprocate. What am I saying, Cameron? What's the word? Reciprocating? Yeah. Like actions, I guess. Um, I was more concerned about the nerd herd, I guess is what my friends called each other. It was like, that's who's there. If people want to join, fine. If you want to leave, fine. Whatever. You know, like I yeah. don't really, we're not really concerned about it. And there was like moments throughout middle school where we would have people come join the group and then leave, right? Yeah. Um, and that was like a strange feeling for us because it was okay. Someone was with us for a year and now they left to go hang out with like ratchet people or something like that, or they'll go hang out with popular people, but they'll still hang out like on Fridays. They'll still like come hang with us. Mm. There was like these weird trends in middle school too, that I wanted to bring up. This is a little bit random, but it kind of goes with the friend thing. Like, for some reason, our campus during sixth grade was obsessed with stomping on milk boxes and spraying everywhere and staining stuff. <laughs> what? It was very disgusting. Like, there were chocolate milk stains all over the wall, so kids would buy these lunches, right? And they would put their cartons on the ground and stomp on them. They explode, like, poop smears <laughs> everywhere. And so it was just, like, the hallways and the grounds were just poop smears of true moo. And I just, you know, that was pretty disturbing. Uh, and then, like... There were other trends, like there were these shipping containers that came out for construction uh, that were put out in the lawn, and during the winter in seventh grade, like, my friends and I created, like, this freeze tag game, but it was, like, a really good freeze tag game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it, it worked really well. There was, like, mo there was like two tag ideas, and then the teams could, like, um, kind of, like, I, I don't know. Like for for some reason, it worked really well to the point where other people started playing with us mm. for a long time, and we're like, "Well, we came up with this game. It's pretty good." Like I don't I don't see anybody else like really 
having a problem with it. And yeah. it was like for a second our group expanded and then shrunk back again really quick and everybody yeah. got tired of the game. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was like a, a funny period. And honestly, eighth grade, I don't remember. I think I, we just sat around for most of the time and <laughs> talked about stuff. But I think our friend group grew the most that year just because like some people wanted to merge with another table and then it just became a bunch of people merging and arguing. Mm. And so it was just arguing about video games and movies and things like that at that point. It's probably what, you know, forced me to learn how to talk about stuff to the point of this podcast. But, you know, that that kind of carried into high school too, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 weird. I, I remember um, I had to, um, on like Mondays and Tuesdays, uh, my mom would pick me up, uh, but she would come at like five because that's five thirty because that's when she got off work. Yeah. Um, and so like I would just I would be there at school, you know, for for two to three hours, just hanging out with with like random people, you know, whoever. What well, we had one spot, it was like, um, it was like underneath a, uh. The football there, so at Valley, they have like a football stadium, right? Um, and right, so, right. so, uh, below the football stadium, there's these light, big light poles, um, and like the base mm. around it, and and you can, it's like short enough the base is that it's like a, a good bench basically, um, and so like we would hang out there. Oh, and it had a bike rack too, so like we would, they were like natural benches, you know what I mean? Um, and and also that's where the cars would come to to pick up everybody. Um, so we would hang out. I remember I would hang out there for like, I mean, hours at a time, it just just like sitting there talking to people or you know whoever was whoever was there. And we always knew like that was the place to meet up. You know what I mean? Like that was it. That was that was the spot that we were we were all gonna hang. And you know, if there were, I was I was mostly cool with with all of the people who came there. There was like two guys who I just hated. I really did not like them. <laughs> who would come and hang out um, in that in that spot sometimes, and I was I was always frustrated with them when they would when they would come. But mm. um, but for the most part, I, I mean, it was uh, it was a it was a good spot. That was like the the only bright side of my day, you know, it was like sitting out there and, and hanging out after school. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird experience. Um, I feel like, I feel like you don't get that much time anymore. I don't remember. I haven't had that kind of like, Oh, we're just, I'm just here hanging out. You know, like not doing anything. I don't have any plans. I'm waiting to do something and I'm just going to hang out with whoever's here. Like, I don't think I've had that since high school, probably. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, I mean, that that's a luxury of youth, I guess. Yeah. And um, you don't really appreciate it till you're done with it, right? So, as most things are, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it's hanging out with friends was. There, you're right. There was a a necessity to feel like boredom too. Mm, yeah. Um. And so that that was always kind of nice to hang with people, like to to waste the time and try to get through it. 
right. a majority right. of like my middle school, high school experience was like, when can this be done? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting looking back at me like, man, I wish I had some of that, that time to just sit around and do nothing now. Um, a part of me does a part of me doesn't. So, yeah, yeah I remember, do you remember, um, so you, you got locked, did you get lockers in middle school? Yeah, dude, I was actually just thinking about that. The uh, the lockers, I never used mine, but the lockers were like dead-end alleyways. They were like, really? there was a main hall. All My campus was all outside. Oh, but yeah. But then there okay. was like these overhangs, and then there were like these dead-end hallways. And sketchy stuff happened at those dead-end hallways, man. <laughs> uh, because we're mixed with the ratchet like kids, there was like some early pregnancy which is ridiculous Ooh. in middle school um, yeah yeah it was just a weird clash you know mm, mm. i remember that someone they built this brand new glass lobby um for the uh entrance to the gym so there was now like a carpeted area and glass windows to yeah. another door which entered the large gym which was also sort of the auditorium for any events like concerts and things like that. It was like a multi-use space. And that glass lobby lasted for about a week till someone threw a trash can through the glass and ruined it. <laughs> oh, right. uh, and I just remember, because that happened in eighth grade, my friends and I just laughing so hard about like how stupid our school was. <laughs> and just like, it just seemed like the kids had no care at all yeah. for any sort of damage. I mean, from the, the chocolate stain, the chocolate stains to the, just the chaos that would erupt. It, it's just, it's weird, man. Right. It's really right. weird. There was also like an abundance of littering and trash everywhere, mm. which was odd too, because at the time I was playing like infamous one and that game has a lot of <laughs> trash in it. And so it kind of reminded me of my school campus. Yeah. And yeah, like, just that, trash blown all over the place. Well, it, what happened is it would draw this mass body of seagulls to mm, our lawn. Yeah. And out there amongst the seagulls, there was like a sea of seagulls covering the... You couldn't even see the grass. It was so many seagulls. Wow. And there were yard duties on patrol blocking kids from going to uh, run out run to the, seagulls, the seagulls, seagulls and cause them to fly <laughs> up. Because when they'd fly up, it would be like, you know, justice reigns from above. Like, they'd be just... <laughs> poop flying all over like like it was seriously like a bombing run from world war ii that's what it wow. felt like and so there'd always be one kid that would like pull a stealth mission in middle school <laughs> all the way he would go all the way to the edge of the field where the yard duties weren't because they were only covering the blacktop yeah and then yeah. you'd see this kid make a mad sprint <laughs> like across the lawn to get all the seagulls to fly up and like the yard like some kid would Someone would yell, like, everyone get cover. And there was, like, this one overhang that they would hide underneath. Like, that was near the gym. There was an overhang where people would hide. It would sound like it was raining, dude. Like, it was just insanity. Like, the quad would break out into people sprinting underneath the overhangs. It was just... It was it was absurd. I, I don't even... Like, thinking back to that... This is wild. So when I drive by there in the winter, it seems like they have their um, their seagull flocking issue down right, uh, at right. Dartmouth. But, man, there was trash, like serious yeah. trash everywhere. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, dude. The the bombing runs were intense. I that's, do remember that. <laughs> that's the that's kind of the funniest thing that I've ever heard. I I wish that was in a <laughs> I wish that was in a movie. You know what I mean? Like like that is like you can imagine that scene. I mean, you lived it, but you could imagine yeah. that being turned into like just the funniest moment. I literally like- wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. <laughs> so that's what's even crazy. Like the fact that they had Yardudis on patrol to avoid it to, to just protect, tells you. Yeah, to protect the birds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't remember that's who so would funny. make that run, but there was one kid in particular that would always do it. Like he would always go for it. And <laughs> it was just disgusting. It was disgusting. Um, well, I bring up I bring up lockers because um, I remember that was a that was a really weird transition for me too because a lot of my classes I had to bring in like my textbooks right yeah um, and so in sixth grade the, you know the classic sixth grade thing to do is just like keep it all in your backpack you Pure know survivor mode and, like and get, yeah <laughs> yeah and get um yeah you know get back pains every day because because your 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 backpack is like extruding like. Four yeah, one push, one push, and you fall over. Right? Yeah, um, and and it's just like the heaviest bag in the world. And then you know, and then you in seventh grade, I remember I had a really difficult time trying to manage like, oh, I forgot, I need this book for this class because this homework is due, and so I would just like, I would like. You know, I think my a, a couple of my friends were in my last class of the day, and so I would I would just go out with my friends to to where we all hung out, and then I would forget to go to my locker and pick up all my stuff for the day. You know what I mean? So I'd yeah, get home yeah. and be like, "Oh man, I can't <laughs> I can't do my homework." Yeah, I remember um, having to run back to my locker like at four thirty. My mom would give me a ride back to grab something. Yeah. Sometimes the campus would be locked. Sometimes it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I think I definitely jumped the fence once to get something. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's well, it was like it was. I and I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, why wouldn't I just like write it down? You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't I just <laughs> remind myself or something? You know, like it was a constant issue. It was like, it was like for at least a couple months, I would just forget to go to my locker. And that's it, the best thing, dude. That's the best thing about technology right now is that I have majority of my textbooks online, like they're yeah. e-textbooks. Yeah, it's like huge, dude. No, it's um, nice. I'm it's, bummed. It's very nice. I'm bummed that that regularity has just started to kind of become a thing. Um, well, it's probably been around for a while, but it seems like on college campuses they almost like recommend it now to the point where some of my pref- professors illegally just mail you email you the PDF. Yeah, um, yeah. A and lot of my like, professors did that too. Yeah, they're like, whatever. Who cares about these te- rich textbook companies? Like, just well, a lot of it. my prof- professors were like, and kind of, I mean, kind of rightly, and I don't know, whatever. But the, a lot of my professors were like, they price these this way because you need them and yeah. you're gonna buy yeah. them, and so like. <laughs> They they they're doing this on purpose, and that is you know what they call uh, inelasticity of demand, um, and so you know that's that's obviously when when price fluctuation is um, is inevitable is when you know a person a certain you know demographic or whatever needs needs this um, product. Um, well, that's what's so ironic because I'm studying economics now, right? And a lot of my teachers are just like. 
you can find ways. You can find ways. a lot of my teachers will be like, you know, I don't use the textbooks too much, so it's really your opportunity cost to decide if you want it or not. <laughs> There's a textbook that I bought and I never opened it. It's still in the plastic. Uh, and so like legit, I just don't buy them anymore. Like, yeah. I don't I don't buy them at all. Um I should have learned sooner, but um yeah, it's you really have to like test the waters to find out which ones you need, but yeah. Anyways. Luckily, luckily in my um like later years of college, like the last I think the last 3 years of college, a lot of my professors used books. Either books that they wrote or like just books. Um, yeah. You know, and it wasn't wasn't like a textbook, so you could get them pretty cheap. You can get them from um you know, from Amazon for like 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. A lot of my teachers, you would use old editions too. So you get more like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. 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 It just sucked Um, when it was like a $200 book that just never used, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy how, how expensive those books are. Like it's, it's really nuts. And, and I remember even here's the other thing. They're horrible too. Yeah. They're really horrible books. They're They're horribly written. So bad. Yeah. They're not enjoyable to read. Sure, they might be informative, but let's be honest. Most kids are looking for the highlighted words. You know, they don't. Yeah. They would just want to get 100%. through the chapter. Yeah. So, some of the best textbooks, I guess, are recommended books. Yeah. I mean, like I'm I'm reading Intellectual Capital um, for my economics uh, Nobel Prize winner class, mm-hmm. and it's written really enjoyably. Mm-hmm. Um, although the guy is totally biased to the Keynesian school of thought, but that's mm. Nevertheless, um, and my teacher is basically triggered all semester because she's like, "Why did I pick this book? This guy is like super duper biased. Like, this is a dumb book because it's the first time the class has been offered. So I'm in right, an experimental right, right. class, basically. Um, but I think the book is way more fun to read than a textbook. You know? Yeah, hundred like percent. Really, it's really more enjoyable. I get a lot more out of it. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, this isn't a conversation about textbooks, Cameron. Well, yeah, just true. Well, because I was gonna say, like in middle school, I remember having to having to buy like the current editions of textbooks and they were like super rigid about it. They were like, and and not only that, they would give you a list based on, they would like compile a list based on your classes that you took. And you could actually just order it from the website from like your, your class website. I think that has something to do with being in a private school because I'm pretty sure most of my textbooks were provided like state provided or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, they were kind of just given out, and then you give them back at the end of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's nice. But did you get a bunch, like a bunch of graffiti? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, some of them were ripped up and stuff like yeah. that. It wasn't that bad though. Honestly, yeah. like they weren't that bad. And and to be real, the state government's educational program they they somehow justify buying books every other two years so they can do another bond package in five. You know, so yeah, yeah. It seemed like we were getting new textbooks every other year or something like that. Mm, yeah. So they weren't too beat up. Um, that's that, that's pretty good. I, I, um, well, it's funny when the teacher's like, well, I have not read this edition yet, and we'll see how it goes. You know, who knows what's happening? Oh Why is goodness. this whole textbook full of Egypt? Egypt imagine be, oh, no, gosh. imagine being a middle school teacher and being like, I guess I have to read this textbook. No, now. they definitely didn't, dude. They didn't. Yeah, I mean, but like if you were... If you're making like the quizzes and the the tests based on the textbook, you know what I mean. Like you you kind of do have to. I, I sure. don't know. It'd be. Kinda. I think that'd be really. I think they just obnoxious. pull lecture notes and then go off that. So yeah, maybe. Anyways, imagine yeah. being a middle school teacher. Ugh, wouldn't that be the worst? Oh boy. 
Yeah, dude. It's chaos, man. It's chaos. But Ugh. imagine the just uh, the disgusting things you would see too. <laughs> just total anarchy. <laughs> Middle schoolers really are the most like, um, like, like Loader the Flies is like a super accurate book. I feel like. Like, middle schoolers would just completely tear each other to shreds if they were given the chance. <laughs> yeah. I remember one, it might have been middle school, it might have been high school, actually, like freshman year of high school. Um, but there was one day, and I wasn't here for it. Um, uh, I was I was sick that day. Um, and there was one day in my one of my classes where um, it was like facing the baseball field, right? You know how mm-hmm. the baseball field, they've got the nets uh, behind the behind home base uh, to catch foul balls and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and there was a bird. They were, no, you know, they weren't in the classroom. They were like sitting out on the bleachers because uh, we would do, we would do classes like that sometimes. Um, and there was a bird that flew through the net and decapitated itself. Oh. <laughs> and... Um, that was the only thing that, that anybody talked about for the next like two weeks. <laughs> I, I swear that like every, it was like, if ever there was a pause in a conversation, they'd be like, you remember that time that bird decapitated itself? <laughs> and you're like, man, these, these kids, they're really, uh, <laughs> they're really stoked about, about the death of this animal. Such like, strangeness calls for absurdity. It feels like. Yeah. Um, when everyone's going through an awkward phase, just the weirdest stuff would happen. Um, like from the trash can to like the locker room, right in the locker room, there'd be people like smearing deodorant over stuff. Like I just, I was so confused about what was happening. A majority of my youth was me being like, why, why is this, why is this a thing? You know, I remember just the, the noxious smell of, of BO like canned body spray. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. I remember. Uh, okay, that's what I was thinking of. There was the smearing deodorant, and there was the Axe body spray. Yeah, and it they was would like do bombs. Would just did you, flaunt it, dude. They'd go like, bang, they'd spray themselves up so like crazy. I remember there was a kid that brought a lighter and started shooting it like a flamethrower and got in <laughs> trouble too. That was like, yeah, that was just wow. Did did they ever do bombs? Yes. Yes. So, so like, oh man, you would you would stick something in the little receiver, um, like the little press down button for the axe right, body right, spray, right. and then you would just throw it in the hallway or like in in the locker room. It was a grenade, dude. Yeah, and it, it really was, and it would and it would spray the entire contents of the can, and and for I mean it was it was probably it it stayed there for days it felt like oh dude it reeks you know what I mean and it was like such an overpowering smell um that that like you would you would get lightheaded you would like actually like it felt like you were huffing paint <laughs> it was like it was it was the weirdest thing I I don't know why any parent allowed their child to to buy Axe body spray I I really don't get it I probably had some at, at one point. Yeah, I did too. I never finished the can. It's probably no, somewhere still in this house, dude. Pr- yeah, probably. I th- probably it's probably in the cabinet right over there. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even smell that good. And the other no. thing about those, those sprays is like you spray them on yourself. They last for like thirty seconds unless you're like bathing in it. Like some of those. those and then kids it's like wait, and it's way too strong. Yeah, then you sound like a or you smell like a grandparent, dude. Like it's intense. I never, I never really. 
I never understood them. It was just like the grenades were obnoxious. They were really obnoxious. Yeah. And that I was think, the f- the fact I, that all those dumb middle school kids are playing Call of Duty too didn't didn't help anything. Frag out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, I'd be, you'd hear that people yelling frag out. So stupid, dude. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, there was a lot of stupidity. Um of course, uh Bob and I talk more about this on on one of the episodes that he's featured on about the middle school times. There's a couple other stories that I could tell Cameron, but I've already told them on the yeah. show. So probably pass those up if you want to check those episodes out. Um you know, we compared this t- the this strange experience going through middle school and, and we can bring up anything else, Cameron, but we're coming up on an hour here. Yeah. To the weird time now, you know. And the the difference between middle school and what I see what's happening with the shelter in place, obviously Cameron and I are in California, right? Um, is that there is a there's a greater camaraderie versus like a uh, yeah. tribalism 100%. Uh, in this time. So it's not as horrible. I, I mean, just obviously it's probably more horrible in terms of people losing their lives, right? Like I mean, it's very, dying. it's, it's more serious. It's extremely 100%. serious compared to the stupidity of middle school, but at least there's that camaraderie. I mean, even this morning I was playing uh call of duty Warzone with a friend and everybody that will go play with usually has a comm. And so since there's two of us, we get paired with a random person and it's been really fun for me to ask people about where they're at, like what's happening with them. Mm. And since we're on in California, most of them are in the same area going through the same stuff. And I talked to this construction worker this morning who lost his job because of the shelter in place. Um, and it was, it was interesting to hear his perspective about it. And he was like, yeah, I'm doing well, you know, like they're, I'm assuming they're going to ask me to come back once they can actually resume the work and, and all this stuff. And it was, it's been, it's been cool to be able to try to encourage people who are going through weird times. There is a camaraderie, right? Like even when you ask someone, like we're playing an online game together, like that can be the most basic surface level garbage. Right. Mm. But I mean, I've talked to people who have like, there was this guy who told me about how he had recently went through a breakup and now he's stuck inside and he's really feeling like he's losing it. Right. Mm. And it was kind of cool to see someone kind of open up that quick and, be able to not like mess with them, but actually get to talk to them and, and see how they're doing. Like that sort of thing didn't really exist in middle school. There was no no, like buffer for emotion. There was no, like you didn't want to talk to your, your parents because (laughs) I was kind of weird. You were trying to become individualized. You didn't want to talk to your friends because you didn't want them to think you were weird. And that's where like that camaraderie, it was like the unspoken thing, right? Even mm. the small thing like with the toys, right? Nobody talked about if they were playing with toys or not still, right? <laughs> and I was like, I really like Legos even though I'm in middle school, but I can't talk about that. And then yeah. I found out even when I became an adult, it's like, I still like Legos. So there you go. You know, maybe I am just a dweeb. Who cares, <laughs> right? Like, I don't care and yeah. I'm doing fine. So like, yeah, that that camaraderie has been really positive for me to see, Cameron. Um I don't know why I wanted to bring that up, but no, it was, it's it's true, it's true, and it is weird because you you have, um, I mean it's 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 really not a um, it's obviously not a one to one comparison what no, we're talking about, 
but but really i think what what we're trying to say is that like middle school was a time where literally people just didn't know what was going on people didn't know you know what was happening and obviously there was a there was a path out of it and there was a sort of a like okay you move on to high school and then you figure out what you want to do and blah 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 and like and like everybody's been through that path but like when you're in it it's so isolating i feel like yeah you know like you can't like you said you really just can't I, I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody. I felt like I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't even know who being, what being myself meant. You know what I mean? Like there well, was, yeah. There was when I'm, me- when I met you, I don't, I don't want to interrupt Cameron. I'll let you finish here in a sec. But when I met you, like you physically embodied that gothness, right? <laughs> Emo boy, like hair in the face, like, and honestly, like you weren't the kind of person that I really hung out with that much. Hmm. But I was like, for some reason, because David Allman introduced us, right? <laughs> we just started sitting together and hanging out, and we had a lot in common, right? Yeah. And of course, we didn't want to talk about our, 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 the things we were going through until we knew each other more in high school, right? Yeah. Um, but having someone there any at all was like meaningful, right? I remember us talking about girls a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we did a little bit, but like. Not as much as we did in high school. Yeah. yeah Honestly, I felt like it was more Batman, Star Wars, like nerdy stuff. Do you want to yeah. go play Smash Bros? Sort yeah. of thing. Definitely. So, yeah. It was, it, I mean, that's at least at least that's a positive thing of middle school is is we got to we got to meet you got to see me in my uh, in my cringy emo phase. Oh yeah, it was good. <laughs> but but I mean that's that's kind of what I mean is like is like I don't think you really know who you are at that point you're trying to figure it out but but there's just there's just no one who like i don't know you you don't really you don't really get it until like something clicks later on when when you become i think i think in high school something clicks you know it's funny and this is probably what what we should wrap up on but um i i would i've been watching a lot of movies with my with my younger brother you know stuff that he hasn't seen mm-hmm. um trying to introduce him to to sort of um films that that are really interesting and sort of i guess i don't know age appropriate and and you know good good for his his film knowledge um and we watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off um mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago which is a great movie um, but I was thinking about it and like, and like Ferris Bueller, that character is like the embodiment, not of, of any high schooler really, but he's the embodiment of sort of like what everyone wishes to be in high school. You yeah. know what I mean? He, he is, he's the guy who, who is effortlessly loved by everybody, you know, regardless of what he actually does and and sort of you know he doesn't have to try he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be you know uh he he doesn't have to put the effort in but but people just love him naturally you know and like that's what everybody wants um and as much fun as that movie is and and as as funny as that movie is um it's not even it's not it's not real. You know what I mean? Like his character is like mythical in a, yeah. in a certain sense. No, I've heard theories about Ferris Bueller supposed to being like, um, Cameron's imaginary friend actually, mm. Mm. which is an interesting theory when you start watching it. Obviously it doesn't really make sense. I don't think that was the film creators intention, no. yeah. 
but that movie does have a lot of like how do I say it like philosophical strangely philosophical like moments yeah right? yeah it uh, does and like being it it's it's a really interesting um gr- coming of age movie you know it's yeah, really it's, pretty- it's really kind of unlike um most other movies of that genre but yeah I, don't I really know. I really love that film for sure yeah it's great i mean it's 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 really funny <laughs> i think one of the reasons we want to bring up this topic is cuz i think personally i've been feeling this way a little bit right hmm. where it's like there's this uncertainty i thought i had things lined up a certain way i thought i was going to go in one direction and all of it's been put to a halt and it's that camaraderie has been supportive and helpful in the sense where it's like well everything's been put on hold for everyone you know yeah. um but that that unknowingness can be very um, depressing and, and, and bring you down. And I think it's important to take the time to think back to those other moments where you felt something like that. Yeah. And you got through it and you made it. And it's like there was actually some positive. Even though like cause, cause, cause at the beginning, Cameron, you gave it a four, right? It wasn't a good <laughs> experience, right? No. <laughs> and we're not saying this has to be a good experience, but there is still like some beauty and positivity that came out of it too. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, well I think so. that wraps up this episode of Everything Comes From Something. Um, Cameron, any closing thoughts? You're going to try no. sushi delivery? Get out of, get out of uh, middle school as fast as you possibly can. That's our best advice. Yeah. Get out of there. <laughs> and uh, if you're trying to, you know, employ the thesis of middle school to the current virus, don't get out of there. Stay inside. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. Stay inside. Stay, stay yeah. inside. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Everything Comes From Something is a fully fan-funded podcast that happens because of listeners like you. And a huge shout-out to our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you for supporting the show. I know I've been saying that part for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes, but seriously, you guys have been a huge blessing for making sure this podcast continues to go. Remember, if you want to support the show just like they do, you can check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. throw a couple dollars away, get a couple benefits. Remember, all the benefits, if you're a Patreon, are done through Patreon. Patreon Messenger, yes, you can just shoot us a message right there, and boom, we'll see it, we'll put it on air. Um, that's, that's how it works. Take advantage of those. Again, if you don't have money, totally cool. I know. I'm a broke college kid. I get it. You can just tell friends and family. Spread the word about the show. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky. It's a little different. Maybe someone, uh, some of the people or your friends will like it. And you can always give us a rating on iTunes. That seriously helps. Again, we thank you guys for all the support that you give us. We love you. And we will see you next week.